face to face and our praises will be awesome, glorious. What a time that will be. It'll be loud too, you know that? It'll be great. It'll be awesome. Can you imagine? Just think of the loudest sports game you've ever been to in your life. How loud? It's just deafening. Or kids church on a Sunday. The voices, they won't be like that. They won't be scattered and this and that and everybody doing their own thing. They're all going to come together. Our voices are going to come together in beautiful, beautiful, and they do. They do here. You guys do good. Our voices will all come together in beautiful harmony and just it will be the most beautiful thing you've ever heard. What a thing to look forward to. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. We praise you, God. Thank you, Lord, for this time, God, that we have to come together and worship and praise. I love this. Oh, God. So, let's give in whatever key you want to sing it in or shout it in, let's give the Lord the shoutest loud loud we've got. Loudest shout we've got, okay? Um, We're going to do it on three. and Let's make a loud, joyful noise. Let's shout to the Lord on three. One, two, three. We thank you, Lord. We praise you for this day. Thank you, God. Hey, meet your neighbor. Say hello this morning. Good to see you. That was a pretty good shout as loud you guys had. (laughs) It's pretty good. Pretty good. You guys happy to be here today? Me too. Me too. Uh, While we were worshiping, I try not to look around too much because it's distracting to me, but while we were worshiping, I was just thinking about, and this doesn't have anything to do with the message today, but thinking about how... God designed us and how every little detail, every vein, every blood vessel, all, all that stuff was, is perfectly knit together, wonderfully uh, made. And we don't just wake up in the mornings. It just doesn't happen. God, God put in us to sleep, to rest, to wake up. And we, we take so many little things for granted to walk throughout the day, to breathe. That's all God. So as I was thinking about it in that worship, like when I wake up in the morning, that's the reason to praise him. When I breathe another breath, that's another reason to praise him. When I get to speak and, and talk with people and talk with friends and family and strangers, that's a, that's a reason to praise him. There's so many little things that happen throughout the day that are God moments, and we forget. And sometimes we'll come in here with just a, a lackluster attitude towards worship or, you know, we're tired or whatever it is. But if you just think about it, I woke up. Some people today didn't wake up. No, I'm, I'm talking about physically they died. So we have another opportunity to share God's love to people today. We get to breathe today. So, you know, when you think about little things like that and how God put it all together and made it work, you can praise him. And then you start thinking about what he did in sending Jesus. So anyway, that was just a little something I wanted to throw there while I was thinking about during worship. So many little things that we take for granted, but we have reasons to praise him all the time. All right. Let it start with me. Boom, there it is. Let it start with me. We've been talking about revival for a while. We've been seeing uh, 
you know, whatever they want to call it, revival or just movements of God throughout the United States and the world. But we've been talking about it. And this morning, I just want to talk about let it start with me. And that's the same thing for you. Let it start with me. You're saying the same thing. Let it start with me. Because individually, we all need it to happen for us individually. Okay? So when I'm saying this, it's the same thing you guys can say. Let it start with me. Let's say it together. One, two, three. Ooh, you asked for it, okay? I think about the role of the church as far as revival goes, and here at Orchardville Church, there are some each week that will sit by, even when the church is on fire, even when God's presence falls, they will just sit and not even know it, okay? Week in and week out, it happens. We have eyes and we have ears, but we can hear and can... Can we always hear and see what God wants to do? That's right. You know, two people can sit in the same church service today, and one of them can walk out changed, and one can walk out unchanged. What's the difference? Sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Whether you hear and you see and you know what's going on or not. Sensitivity to the Spirit. One is listening, one isn't. One will be receptive to the things of God in here today, and the other will be resistant to it. One's going to repent, and the other one's going to argue with God about sin and know that sin is deceptive. You're going to try to reason it out sometimes. But repentance, and I've been talking about this, and I can't get away from it yet. The Holy Spirit's not letting me get away from it yet because we haven't grabbed a hold of it, each of us individually yet. Repentance is a major key to having revival in our church and in our lives individually. We must repent. And I talked about, you know, every, every single thought that we have, every little argument, that we, everything, you know, if somebody does us wrong and in that moment we think something bad about it or we want to give them a piece of our mind, even if we do it in our mind and we don't say it, those are things we have to repent of. Those are things that are against what God would want for us in our relationships with people. He doesn't want that. So even those little things like that that pop up throughout the day, we must repent, let alone the things that we're really struggling with and that have a big hold of us and a hold on our lives. We've got to repent. It's major. It's major to have a revival come in our lives and in our church. And it's in the Bible. It's biblical. We can't avoid it. We have to repent. Okay? And Jesus didn't say, if, if, if I can get a majority to vote for revival, I'll send it on down. Okay? It's repentance and response to the Holy Spirit. They're individual matters, both when we talk about salvation and when we we talk about sanctification, the process of changing into Jesus' image. And if we want revival in our lives, we can't wait for the whole body of Orchardville Church to get a hold of it. Individually, you can have it in your life. And then as we come together as a a body, we're going to see things happen. We're going to see God show up because we're all taking care of it individually. We also can't wait for the church to decide that there's a need for revival. If we know it, if we know there's need for revival in our lives and the church, then we need to act on it. Act on it. And you may very well be the person, the one that God will use to open the floodgates of heaven and and pour into this place. It may be you. When you repent, when you come back to Christ, when you repent of your sins and you ask him to forgive and he frees you from that stuff, it may start with you. Don't wait for someone else, you know, to open the door to revival 
Open it up in your own life. Open it up. You take that first step. And I feel like, and and I've heard this since I was a kid, that the hour is getting too late and the need for revival is so great in our country and in our church and in our lives for us to keep going around like business as usual. Ho-hum, here we go again. We We can't afford to do that anymore. We can't shrink back. We have to to build on this relationship with God and let him move the way he wants to move. And it starts with ourselves. Let it start with me. We each need to get right with God. Then we can seek others with like hearts and minds as us and experience what God wants to do in this place. Let it start with me. Let's say it again. One, two, three. Let it start with me. I pray you're going to mean it. And I pray today that God stirs something up in you. Let's go to Luke chapter 13 this morning. Luke chapter 13. I'll also give a hello to everybody watching online with us. I appreciate you guys tuning in, especially the ones that can't be there, be here with us in person, or the ones that might be sitting in the parking lot, Dave Burt. Love you, brother. Sue told me he had a little bit of cough, so she told him to stay in the car and watch it. (laughs) But he's watching. I appreciate it. All right. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Now, on the same occasion, there were some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, For three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. So two times right here in this passage of scripture, Jesus said, unless you repent, repent. And what that's telling me, unless you repent, is stop pointing the finger at other people. Quit telling other people you need to repent. My goodness, what did you do? You need to repent and let it start with you. I need to repent. Let it start with me. And it's talking about God. God is examining us on an individual basis. Looking at the scripture, what if God said to you, (laughs) let me just, I don't usually wander this side too much. Dalton, what if God said to you, you have one more year. You have one more year to start producing fruit for me. Aiden, what if God said one more year, Aiden, that's it you got to start producing fruit. What does fruit look like? Spiritual fruit coming off of you. 
being like Jesus, your prayer life, your studying his word and knowing his word. Kelly, you got one more year to start showing this stuff. I'm going to cut you down. One more year. What if we had that timeline on our lives to know, man, God said, I've got one more year to start producing the fruit that as a believer that I should be producing. Wouldn't we stop and think about that a little bit? Wouldn't we wonder, oh goodness. And wouldn't those days go so quick knowing whether or not we're producing fruit? And is there fruit of repentance? Is there fruit of souls, one to his kingdom? Is there fruit of the spirit? What would God find as he evaluates each one of us, as we say, let it start with me. What's he going to find? Because the first thing I want to talk about this morning is that God has the right to expect us to produce fruit. He has that right. To say, I expect you, Alan, to produce fruit. I expect you, Jake, to produce fruit. Why? Why? Because as believers, we are his personal property. We are. We have surrendered our life to Christ. We're his, and he has given our lives purpose. Right? How many of you walked in into a church or wherever you were and you gave your life to the Lord? Before that, you had no hope. You were walking around hopeless. Didn't know what you were going to do with life. And then Jesus stepped in, and he ministered to you, and you believed on him, and he gave you purpose. We're his property, and he has given our lives purpose, and the purpose is to bear fruit for his kingdom. It wasn't for us to get saved and then just take up a space in a church. And I'm not trying to sound crude and mean. It's to produce fruit. We are growing closer and closer to him, and as we do that, we're producing fruit. We're seeing people come to Jesus. We're seeing the spiritual fruit in our lives increase, like the patience and love. We're seeing those things increase. Because we're spending time with the Lord. This fig tree in the scripture was planted in this man's vineyard with a specific purpose. And as we look at this, we, we know that there were probably plenty of fig trees that he, you know, outside of his, his vineyard here in the wild that were growing. But he specifically planted this one in his vineyard so that it could get special care. It could get special nourishment and treatment in order to produce figs. Okay? That's what they're created to do, to bear figs. If they're not, what good is a fig tree? If we're not producing fruit of Jesus, what good is a Christian? It's useless. When we come, to, we come to believe in Jesus as our Savior, we are surrendering our lives to the care and nourishment of God as he cares for us and we build relationship with him and therefore he expects fruit to come out of us. John fifteen sixteen. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. And then Colossians 1.10, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. You are going to produce lasting fruit as you get to know God better and better and better. Lasting fruit. The second thing, so he he has a right for us to produce fruit, to expect us to do that. The second thing, 
He has the right to check us out, to look us over, to see if we're producing it. He has the right to do that. <laughs> it's quiet. The owner in this passage, he's seeking to find figs on the fig tree. He's examining it. He's looking it over. He's looking at all the stuff on it. It's his vineyard, and they are his trees, and he wants to see if they're producing figs. He has the right to do that. God has the right to look us over, to check us out, to examine us. Jeremiah 17, 10, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Yikes. I, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. That's powerful, if you think about that. And as God examines the fruit, does he see that we're being obedient to his word? Does he see that in us as he searches our hearts, as he knows our mind? Do you know the hearts of everyone in here? It's hard to do that. Even people that you're close to and that you talk to every week, it's hard to know their heart and their mind. Why? Anyone? Why is it sometimes hard to know people? Because they don't talk like this. <laughs> Because a lot of times people put up a front, even people you might be close to, so they won't ever reveal what, who they really are sometimes or what's really going on in their heart and mind. But it's difficult sometimes, sometimes even impossible, but God knows. So no matter how much we try to put this, this fake face on or this mask or this front, God knows exactly who you are. And he knows whether you're producing fruit or not. Okay, I could get up here or people can get up here and sing every week and, and, and put on this great thing, but you don't know their heart completely. You don't know what's going on in their mind. There's sometimes I get up here and preach and my mind is in, in a hundred different directions thinking about different things. That's kind of normal for me. But, but I'm saying we don't know the hearts of everybody that's in ministry, everybody in this church, but God does. God knows exactly what you're dealing with. God knows exactly what's going on. We can't hide things from him. He searches us, he tests us, and he knows the heart and the mind. He knows the fruit that we're producing and the fruit that we're not producing. He knows. Because he knows perfectly the heart and the mind of man. His judgment because of that is true. None of us should be shocked on judgment day. When God says, is an assessment of our lives, we shouldn't be shocked. We, he knows, we know. Okay? Again, let it start with me. And we can also say, like I was saying earlier on the stage, we can, we can do all kinds of things, we can say all th kinds of things in Jesus' name, but if we do not follow his word in doing that, and it doesn't line up with scripture, it's going to be diseased or bad fruit. And it's going to rot, and it's going to stink. It's going to fall off the tree, okay? Help me now. Third thing, and this is a tough one. This is so tough, but it's, it's true. Again, it lines up with the word. God has the right to say, depart from me. I never knew you. 
He has the right, just like this scripture saying, cut it down to expel us because we're not bearing fruit. We were never a true believer. And that's going to be a tough, tough day for people. When you, if you hear those words, depart from me, I never knew you. Because we can confess with our mouth, but our hearts be far from him. The fig tree owner said, cut it down. And there's so many people that have been set aside from walking in great purpose in ministry, in fruitful ministry, because they aren't producing fruit. They aren't being obedient to God's word. And when we do that, you know, it's not only the part that, you know, God says, he could say cut it down or set it aside. He's going to look for somebody else to do what he actually put in you. But you're not doing it. You're not producing it. So, you know, that's another thing to this, that he's going to look to somebody else uh, if we don't want to accept what he's called us to do and do it. And he's going to look for somebody else to step up and say, let it start in me. Let it start in me. And if we're not producing the fruit of God in our lives and the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, it invites disaster into us. It does. If we don't start producing fruit, we're going to stay in that pattern of not making it. I want to make an impact for the kingdom of God. I believe I was put here by God in that relationship with him. I believe each one of us, as you believe on Jesus and you believe in him and in his ways, that you are meant to make an impact. All of us. But if we are not producing fruit, we're going to stay in this pattern of not making an impact for the kingdom of God and nothing's going to change around us and the people around us aren't going to change because we're not producing fruit. Matthew seven nineteen. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Depart from me. I never knew you. Matthew seven twenty seven. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And I've said this before. I think in my life, and, and, and some of you guys have went through things like this, these past seven months, if my house, if my... Rick Hayes, inside my heart, my mind was not built on Jesus, I would have been this scripture right here. I would have collapsed with a mighty crash. And even in those moments where I was angry and doubting and, you know, I still have things pop up in my mind, like I said on Fridays when my day off and I'm all alone and I'm thinking about things. There's also another thing to this scripture that is so beautiful, it's so wonderful, that God also has the right to extend mercy and grace to us. And I don't want to forget that. I don't want you to forget that. I know this, this first part was tough and talking about those things, but God also will extend mercy to you in second and third and fourth and fifth and ten chances and multiple chances to you because he loves you. And he wants to give you another chance to produce fruit and get it right with him. The vineyard worker said to the owner, let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. And there's, there's an expression in the Old Testament that says, break up your fallow ground. Break up your fallow grounds. Hosea 10, 12, sow for yourselves righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. 
Okay? Sow for yourself righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Now, Israel had sown the seed of sin, and they were going to be reaping the judgment of God. Okay, that's how it works. We all sow into our life, but do we sow seeds of righteousness, right standing with God? Is that what we're sowing? What fruit is going to grow up from the seeds that we're planting today, or this past week, or this past month? And, And God talks about this so much in the word sowing and reaping, and he's telling Israel to break up your fallow ground, ground that hasn't been plowed for more than a year. Break it up. It's the ground that's hard and stubborn. Anybody have that kind of, of heart sometimes? It's hard and it's stubborn. Resistant to the seed and it does little good to sow seed. on. It, it, it does me no good to sow this seed into you if your heart is hard and against it. You need to break up that fallow ground. You need to break up the fallow ground and let the seed of God come into you and speak to you. You got to break that up first. And and a lot of times when the seed goes out and it falls on the fallow ground, the hard ground that will not allow the seed of the word to penetrate and become fruitful, it does nothing. And and with that, if you you admit in here this morning, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but you say right now, my heart is hard. This is making me think about I'm, I'm not really producing fruit and something's, you know, happened in my life. Something's happened in my heart and it's hard right now. You have to also ask yourself, do I even want this to be broken up right now? Because God's a gentleman and he won't force himself on you. If you want it to be broken up and your heart to be softened where you can accept seed and it go into good soil, God can do that. But if you don't want it, He won't force it. A lot of times, why people don't want that to happen, they don't want their heart to be kind of cut open and and tilled up, is because it hurts a little bit. Sometimes it can hurt a lot. But again, if if it's fallow ground, it's useless for bearing good fruit. It talked about for it's time to seek the Lord. It reminds us how we break up the fallow ground. We do it by seeking the Lord. We seek the Lord during worship. We seek the Lord in our prayer time. We seek the Lord when altar calls are given to respond to what God's doing in your heart. And for it's time shows that the time to break up the fallow ground is when? Now. Do it now. If your ground is fallow, it's hard, it's not receiving things, it's not receiving the seed that God's trying to put into you, do it now. Let God break it up. Let his Holy Spirit break it up in you. It's got to be done right away. Just like farming, if you don't get the seed in the ground, what happens? You're going to miss the rain, and your fields are going to be what? Unfruitful. You're not going to have any crop. It's not going to work. And it talks about till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Again, right standing. This, this, this right here tells us how long we should continue to break up the fallow ground and sow seed of righteousness. How long? Forever. Until we see the harvest come. Until we see the good fruit of the harvest. Let it start with me. Let revival start with me. As I repent. 
And I was going to say, I'm sorry for preaching on this over and over about repentance, but I'm not. I'm not sorry about it because I'm trying to help you through the Holy Spirit speaking this to you. That if you want to produce fruit, if you want to see God do the work inside of you that he's placed inside of you, then, then you have to repent. Even down to the little thoughts, even down to the little negative things you say about people, you must repent. And again, repentance is an all the time daily thing for us because we are born into a sinful nature. So things are going to happen throughout our day. And if you were in here saying, I'm, I'm perfect every day and I don't ever have thoughts like that or I don't ever say things, you're lying. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Literally, hope not. But we have to repent. And there's some people that are dealing with, you know, which in your mind, it's just, it's just little things, Rick. But it's things that are blocking God from moving in your life. And if he's not moving in your life and you're part of our church, then it's holding some of the church back as well. And some of you are still dealing with major things in your life. And again, going back to what I talked about in the beginning, one person will be sensitive to the spirit during the service and the other one won't care about anything. And they'll hold on to the hard heart, to the repeated sin, and they'll keep on doing it and they'll keep on showing up here on a Sunday and never be changed. You've got to be sensitive to what God wants to do in your heart. If you know you're sitting there week in and week out, man, I'm struggling with this sin. I keep doing it. I keep running back to it. Then you need to break up the fallow ground in your heart and let the seed of God's word get in and let him, let, let him know, tell you that you are forgiven. There's forgiveness in me. Just come to me. Repent. You can be restored. You can be redeemed. We have to repent. With a broken heart, a remorseful heart. Let's pretend this is seed. Aaron, stand up. I use Aaron a lot. If Aaron walks in here every week with a hardened heart, and this is the best place to be, even if you have a hardened heart, okay? I want to get that clear too. This is the perfect place for people that are struggling with things, that have addictions, that have hurts, that have pains, that have sin. This is where you need to be. Amen. Surrounded by people and a God that loves you and forgives you. Okay? But if you come in here every single week and your heart is hard, and this is the seed that we're tossing to you. It's going to hit that hardened heart and just fall to the ground. It doesn't matter if Aaron played guitar up there. It doesn't matter if Aaron's out here and he raises his hand sometimes. If he still has unrepentance in his heart, Amen. it's still going to just, it's not going to go into the soil. There's no fertile soil there. But if Aaron is out here on a Sunday and he knows, God, I've been dealing with this. I've been struggling. Lord, I give it to you. Forgive me. Forgive me of all my shortcomings. Of every time I failed you, then when I throw that seed out to Aaron... He takes it and he puts it in there and he takes it and receives that word because his heart is fertile now. There you go. I don't want you to come in here every week and be insensitive to what God's trying to do in your life. I've told you guys before, if you get to a place where you don't even sense or feel or hear God speaking and the Holy Spirit working in your life, you are in a dangerous, dangerous place. 
you have totally ignored him and shut him out. But I'm telling you this morning, whatever it is, there is forgiveness. And whatever God wants you to walk in, what he wants you to walk in, you can do that today if you'll repent and turn away from those things. Our praise team would come back up. You know, if we don't repent, we have one less day to do it tomorrow. We have to do it today. Because I've learned all too well now that we never know when it's going to be too late to have a chance to repent. To have a chance to get right with God. To have a chance to believe on Jesus as our Savior. You never know when that time's up. You guys will stand this morning. I want to read something that Billy Graham wrote as we close. It says, the closer you get to Christ, the more sinful you're going to feel. Think about that. Because the first time I heard that, I said, that doesn't make sense. But the closer you get to Christ, the more sinful you're going to feel. Because so many things, as you get closer and closer to him, are going to be revealed in your life that need to die and be gone. You're going to feel more sinful about it. And everyone who's seen a true reflection of God, the glory of the Lord when he shows up in this place and you see it, should be deeply convicted of his or her own sin. When the presence of the Lord falls in here and it happens, and he's moving and he's doing things in people's hearts, you will feel deep conviction over your sin if you're sensitive to the Spirit. Peter said, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And the fact that you're aware of your sin and feel guilty about it is a sign of spiritual life. If you have sin in your life and you don't feel any guilt about it, warning, 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 warning. But if you feel guilt about your sin, that is a sign of spiritual life and spiritual maturity in you. You recognize the Holy Spirit's revealing things. He's showing things to me, and I need to change it. I'm going to go ahead and be an example this morning. If you guys will bow your heads. In my own life, if I'm saying let it start with me, I'm going to own it. So God, right now, Rick Hayes, this is Rick Hayes, God. And Lord, I've got things in my life that need to be forgiven, God, that, that I need to repent of, Father. And Lord, I'm coming to you with a broken heart in front of my church, Father, that you've blessed me with, that you've allowed me to shepherd, and I'm letting them know that I'm not perfect, I mess up, I have thoughts, I have negativity, and God, I repent of those things right now. Lord, any sin in my life that I'm not even aware of, God, that any, any wrongs I've done toward people that maybe I didn't even realize, God, I repent of those things right now, Father. Lord, I repent of not being the husband that I should be to my wife. God, you've, you've called me to be the man in my house, and Father, there are times when I fail miserably at that. And Lord, I don't love her like she needs to be loved. God, I repent of that right now. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me for not being the father that I always should have been. 
And God, with one of my kids, that's too late now to say those things, God, but I repent. And I ask your forgiveness, Father, for not doing the things that I know I should have done, Father. Any regrets I have right now, Father, I know you can free me from those feelings that I have. And God, I repent of not always, always putting you first in my kids' lives. Lord, letting busyness and tiredness and other things get in the way of, of training my children up. God, forgive me of that. God, forgive me of, of going through the motions sometimes, God, on days that I feel like I'm tired on, on through the week or on a Wednesday night or a Sunday. God, forgive me of that heart right there, God, of going through the motions just to get through another service because, God, you deserve so much better. God, forgive me of the times that, that I haven't been here for people when I needed to, God. I just ask, Father, that, you know, as I call out to you, God, as I show my heart to you, Father, you already know it. You're already searching it. You're already revealing these to me as I talk, God. Lord, let me be the man that you've called me to be, Father, and I repent of everything, Lord, that's been against you. Lord, wash me clean. Forgive me, Lord, and let me bear fruit for your kingdom. Lord, let it start with me. Let it start with me. Let it start with me repenting, God, and asking for forgiveness in my life. Lord, forgive me for not sharing your word. Forgive me for not jumping on opportunities when people put them in front of me that need prayer. Father, put in me boldness and courage to step out in faith when those moments happen. God, forgive me for not doing it. Lord, I just give this to you this morning, Father, and ask that you do a work inside of my heart, God. Break up any hardness inside there, Father. Break it up. And Lord, let me serve you with everything that I have, Father. Lord, let me remember the day I surrendered my life to you, Father, the joy. Let me return to the joy of my salvation. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for who you are. And Lord, as we open up these altars, I pray for hearts that are getting broken up by your Holy Spirit right now. They're breaking them up right now, God. And people will come and come and come, God, and repent and confess things, God, to you, to their family, whatever it is, God, that they would confess those things in repentance and turn away from them today, God, because you have fruit for them to produce, God. You have a purpose for their life that they need to walk in. Lord, I pray right now as we worship, as we open up these altars, that you do a mighty, mighty work in people's hearts right now, God, that they can no longer sit there, God, and not respond, but your Holy Spirit overwhelms them with your presence, and they respond today. Father, for the, for the fact of being right with you and, and, and having you pour righteousness into them, and Father, for the, the need for revival in their lives and in our church, do a mighty work, Father. I give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come this morning? Would you come?